Cricket World Cup, big old match tonight. New Zealand against South Africa. Huge match, really, in the context of the competition. A win here would be brilliant. And joining us now is former Black Caps bowler. I don't like to call him former because he's never officially retired. There's never been a press statement. But Mitch joins us now. And, uh, gosh, he could get on the phone soon because all of our bowlers are falling over. Mitch, what are we going to do with our bowling? Everyone's fallen over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they have, mate. Um, I mean, losing Lockie Ferguson after three overs in that last game was devastating. It meant that Jimmy Neesham had to bowl, and it shows that fortunately you can bowl as much as you as you like in the net, but uh, coming to a game, he just wasn't able to execute. And uh, New Zealand cricket, Black Caps, the rest of this tournament can't really afford for them to be in that position again. So. It's a bit of a conundrum, really, isn't it? It's the two options. You've got East Sodi or, or Tim Southey to come in, and you're coming up against the South African side. have got Heinrich Klaassen in their mix, who's arguably at the moment, or actually almost not arguably, probably is the best player of spin in the world at the moment. And he's striking at 149 <laughs> in this tournament, averaging 50. And he has just been demoralising spin. So as much as East Sodi... The signs look good with Adam Zampa taking wickets. I don't think he's the right person for this game against Africa. And I think that if Lockie Ferguson's not fit, I know Tom Latham said he could be, but if he's not, I think Tim Saudi will get the nod. Why hasn't Tim played yet? He, there was an injury cloud. The conundrum around Tim Southey, wonderful, wonderful New Zealand fast bowler, one of the best we've ever produced. And he went to the World Cup and he hasn't played. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, potentially it's uh, it's with Lockie Ferguson there at first change. Um, he's your wicket-taker during the middle. And then it's an out-and-out bowl-off between him and Matt Henry because Trent Bolt's always going to take the new ball as, as the left-arm swing bowler just gives you that variation. So it comes down to two right-armers with the new ball. And and I think Matt, Matt Henry's been waiting in the wings for a long time. And I think his form that we've seen over the last couple of years, and particularly this summer in England, has kind of just nudged him ahead of Tim Southey with that new ball. And he's been very good this tournament so far with the new ball. Uh, thought he'd improved with the with his death bowling. It was a bit, bit gutted he didn't get opportunity at the death. He needed to be put under pressure the other night um, against us, Australia. But Tom Latham actually just hit him away and, and bowled Jimmy, uh, which probably not going to help Matt Henry going forward. Uh, but it comes down to that, mate. I think new ball effectiveness, I think he's just, just a little bit more effective probably in these conditions than Tim Saudi is at the moment. Ish Sodi, um, a big fan of Ish Sodi, but I'm wondering why they took him as well. They've had two games in Chennai, which is spin-friendly, and they didn't pick him. They might be forced to pick him tonight because there might only be 11 players standing. Are you, are you surprised he hasn't had more of a role in this World Cup? I think if you're going to play two spinners, your seeming all-rounder has to be a good bowler and they haven't been playing they haven't been playing uh, Jimmy Neesham until that last game when Chapman was a little bit injured so I think they're a bit reluctant to go with four four spinners in terms of GP uh, Rachin Ravindra Mitchell Satner and and also take East Sodi so look it's, it's I don't think it's a bad thing they could go with that particularly against certain lineups but probably not against their Africa uh Look, you've always got to have that backup, right? If Mitchell Statner goes down, East Sodi goes straight in as your attacking spinner in the middle. And 
and thankfully, thankfully for New Zealand, Mitch Sutton is fit as a fiddle and bowling exceptionally well. He's been a standout bowler for mine this tournament so far. And Phillips, the bowler, never thought I'd say that in one sentence. He was he was good the other night. Oh man, I keep on keep on bringing it up with people when they bring this up about Glenn Phillips, and and he was devastated when Ian Smith said that he was less than a part time bowler in the first game. <laughs> he was absolutely devastated. Look, mate, I've grown up with with Glenn uh, since he's a young fella. He, uh, he gave up the gloves because he, he wanted to get more into the game. He, he didn't like to stand behind the stumps. He wanted to make contributions. And, and since he decided that he wanted to be a bowler and bowl off spin, he trains harder with the ball than any person I've ever seen before. He bowls more overs in the nets. He'll be first one in the nets, bowling a couple of warm-up balls, bowling a few overs, go back, go do a Superman fielding dives in the, <laughs> training with the, in the field. And then, and then he's back bowling before anyone uh, gets to go home. So, He's the reason the bus leaves late because he's always bowling, always trying to improve. So I'm really stoked for him, mate. It, it just shows that um, if you if you set your mind to something and you persevere and you work really hard, um, that you can achieve great things. And I thought his control with the ball the other night was what had been, uh, which was what impressed me the most. It's what had been missing with him uh, in previous years. Uh, that consistency, be able to keep the ball on the stumps and in low, slow conditions and, and be able to just be as accurate as you possibly can and not give away those freebies. And, and that's great signs for New Zealand going forward, particularly with someone like Quinton Cock in this lineup who's been proficient so far this tournament. He's 300s, he's at the top of the run run scorers and, 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 and Glenn Phillips might be a really nice matchup for him in this power play. How important to have a character like Glenn Phillips in a tournament format in your team? Because he just he just seems to give out so much energy. Yeah, he does, mate. He he really does. He's um he's awesome, and the lads just let him go. And they, uh, I think, in years gone past, um, someone who's a bit a little bit out there, a little bit like fun. You look at him and see he's a bit a little bit weird at times. Um, but he's, he's coming from the right place. And then and, and teams gone past, you know, that may not have been able to flourish and, and thrive in an environment, but everyone just loves loves seeing him do his thing and loves seeing GP be GP. And, and that's what's exciting. That's why you get the best out of him. The challenge for Glenn now is he's actually in this side as a batter. He's, he's in this side as, as batter and coming in at six. And, and he just hasn't produced as much as I would like. He's only averaging 30. He hasn't. He had an opportunity to win a game for us the other night with Russian Ravindra, and just a, looked a little bit uh, rigid in his shot play, and and without and the control that you'd like to see, and that's what we need to see from Glenn Phillips. Um, if we're talking about batting at number six in T20 or one day cricket, it's actually probably the hardest place to bat because you're always coming in a different situation. So your your situational awareness has to be exceptional. You either got to win the game from nowhere, or or you've got to resurrect uh, a, a poor start. So it's a tough role, uh, but we need to see Glenn stand up. Now he's played a lot of games for New Zealand, and and if we're going to go far in this World Cup when it gets to the crunch, and he's going to have to improve. And the final person I wanted to ask you about, you just touched on his name there, Rachin Ravindra, well-known in um, domestic cricket in New Zealand. He's been doing a great job here. He's really announced himself to the world in this World Cup, hasn't he? Oh, nothing short of impressive, Seth. He's um, been outstanding. Look, when Kane Williamson got injured again and then he wasn't going to be available for the start of the tournament, there was two options for Gary Stead, either 
put Mark Chapman up to up to three, and or he goes Russian Ravindra, and I don't know who made that call and and what information they went off. You could probably say that Mark Chapman, with how he's gone in T20 batting at three, particularly in that Pakistan series leading into this World Cup, that he might have got the nod. But uh, what a stroke of genius to to put him up the top and. What he, what he does bring to the game is he's he's very technically correct. Any balls on the stumps, he's very strong leg side and directly straight down the ground. So it, it sets up nicely to be a top three batter in, in one day cricket and, and in test cricket. And before this, we've seen him go and bat for New Zealand in test cricket and one day cricket and even T20 cricket down at six or seven. And he's, he's never batted there before. He opens the innings and bats three for, for Wellington. So... You can see straight away, once you put him into a role that he's familiar with and knows how to go about his work, uh, the runs that he can produce. And what it does show to me is that it's bloody exciting, right? Uh, where everyone's, what, everyone's getting a bit nervous that Kane Williamson's going to finish up in a few years, all this experience is going to leave and move on. Well, we've got a 23-year-old, 23-year-old superstar who's just come onto the world stage. And, and if he can t- continue what he's doing, it's going to make that... Uh, that, that little gap, or I mean that huge gap that Kane's going to leave, uh, just a little bit smaller uh, when he does retire. Yeah, and I feel like there's a few black caps that might be playing their last World Cup or second last World Cup, and we've been looking for these early 20-year-olds, haven't we? And he's really ticking the box for us. Yeah, mate, it's outstanding. There's a few more around the traps um, who'll get an opportunity in the next little while. Will Young's actually impressed me without picking on. I know he's not young, he's 30, but when, when these, these other guys move on, you're going to need those early 30 guys to be able to, to lead and show a bit more experience. And, and I think he's got a future with New Zealand cricket as well. So I don't think we're in as, as bad a spot as I thought we were going to be maybe 18 months ago um, when these guys do retire. Uh, but I guess it, we'll, we'll see in the, in the next 6 to 12 months. Brilliant, Mitch. Thanks for joining us today. A massive game tonight. What what percentage chance do you give us to win against South Africa tonight? Oh, look, if, <laughs> I'll put it this way. I think if Sarafka bat first, I'll give us a 20% chance to win. And if we bat first, I'll give us a 100% chance to win because South Africa can't chase there. <laughs> They've been terrible this tournament so far. <laughs> Wait for the toss. Wait for the toss. Wait for the toss. <laughs> awesome. 30 mate. minutes to put your bets on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, enjoy the night. Enjoy the game. Cheers. Uh, Mitch McClendig in there. Love it. Love it. Robbie, uh, you follow cricket more than anyone here at SENZ. How crucial is this match tonight for qualification? Well, I, th- I think um, based on what, Mi- what Mitch was saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we win the toss and bowl first because that's just what's been, ha- what's been happening in this tournament. There, were, there was one game where it was like, you know, we definitely should have batted and we bowled or so- something like that. So obviously may- maybe the team knows something that we don't. I mean, they definitely do because they're the ones there at the ground. But in, ter- in terms of this match, it's, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, it's it basically... We're just going to take it a, a game at a time, you know. If, if we if we lose this one, Pakistan becomes incredibly crucial on Saturday. And if we lose to Pakistan, I believe Sri Lanka, which is our next game and final game, becomes an absolute must win. So, um, yeah, today will be really uh, really crucial for confidence. I think is the main thing. So, of the next two, we need one. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, the- I, th- I think it, we 
We could lose two and still make it, but it would be very close. And then Sri Lanka, as I say, becomes an absolute must-win. We've got Afghanistan, of all teams, actually chomping at our heels. They're right below us uh, on the table. One win below us. We play South Africa next. They play Netherlands next. So you would think that, we you know, swap spots. we could lose to South Africa. They could beat Netherlands. And then um, I think they've got to take on Australia. So they've they've still got a, a tough matchup. But, yeah, you, you never know. I'll go through the odds more more at half past one. Um, I'm just seeing here New Zealand at 210, South Africa 170. I'm just wondering how much those odds will change once the toss is made. Because the... The tosses, uh, batting first or batting second, has been huge in this tournament. It has, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think, um, as you say, I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if the odds um, odds change a bit ba- based on the toss. Um, I, I like that from Mitch. I, I think, yeah, if South Africa bat first, they can... They can definitely put on a huge score. They've got they've got so much talent. So yeah, we need to as as I would have said about it, about Australia as well. We really need to get early wickets, and I definitely do not want to be seeing 150 without loss after 15 overs like we did against Australia. Yeah, I pretty I, much stopped watching. I was going to take that class and to be a high high run scorer, but he's paying seven dollars, and I thought, oh, does he bat down the order? So is he an all rounder, or is he is he the Glenn Phillips type guy? Yeah, sort of. He's he's more of a finisher. Um, yeah, was watching him in the um, uh, Major League Cricket. He was oh, yeah. o- he was over in um, over in America for that for the uh, Seattle Walkers. Pretty much single handedly won them the title. I mean, that's wow. a bit harsh on the rest of the team, but yeah, his hitting is I'd, I, yeah, I'd say he's the probably the most dangerous T uh, Twenty batter to be bowling to at the moment. Wow, yeah. big call, big call. All right, um, thank you to Mitch McLennigan for joining us. As I say, New Zealand are two ten, South Africa one seventy. There will be a change when the toss is made, I'd imagine. And still to come, we've got um, India, Sri Lanka, Netherlands, Afghanistan, as Robbie pointed out, and a big one on Saturday: uh, England, Australia. That's a monster, isn't it? <clears throat> Australia should absolutely put them to the sword on recent. We need form. England to win that. Do we? Well, I mean, ju- just just for just for pride, <laughs> that would be nice. England because they they haven't really beaten anyone. England. Well, they've won one game. Yeah, They're sitting been, at the bottom. Yeah, been it's been woeful, a pretty shocking tournament for them.